Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. Are you guys excited to be here tonight? Come on, do you can do a little bit better than that. Man, thank you, Doc. I am excited about First Wednesday and what God has given me um, to share with you. And we do celebrate those 16 people that came to Christ on Sunday. What an awesome, how I many, there's nothing greater, no greater miracle than people coming out of darkness into God's light. Um, tonight, I, I do have a word for you that um, I believe will speak to you. Um, I, I don't think it's going to take me very long to get to where I want to go to, maybe about 30 minutes if, if you guys are blessed. We'll see. Are you guys blessed? Okay. <laughs> Y'all like, I'm real blessed, Pastor. I'm real blessed. Um, I, I believe that tonight um, that the Holy Spirit has given me the, the task of speaking to those that somewhat feel maybe that you've been in a dry place, those that maybe you've been battling to some degree a spirit of heaviness. Maybe what you would sum it up as is I just don't feel like my effectiveness is what it used to be. Some of you, I have no doubt in this room tonight that you have been battling feelings of depression, um, thoughts of depression, self-criticizing thoughts. Anybody ever been self-critical? Um, and those thoughts have a way of, of getting out of control uh, if we don't submit them into the presence of God. And, and I, I, I just believe there's some people that feel like you're not able, for whatever reason, you've not been able to push through to get to whatever that next place in God looks like. You, you, you see it, you're trying to get there, but you've not been able to push through it. And when you factor in everything that people have gone through over the last year, I mean, think about this. You, you could talk about the pandemic. You could talk about the racial tension, the politics, the election, all that stuff. And how many know that in and of itself is enough to be difficult on most people? And that's not even factoring in your personal problems right? Like if you had marital problems or family problems or financial problems. And so all of these things stacked against you can produce those feelings of depression or feelings of, of I'm not as effective as I used to be. I, I'm battling. Uh, I just know something is, is not right. Something feels off. And what happens is, is when we run out of options is that we start thinking, it is what it is. How many has ever said that? It is what it is. Like that's, it is what it is. Um, it's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, and we start falling into the trap of settling and saying things like, well, there's really nothing that I can do. Um, West Virginia, it's kind of, you know, I'm a day late and a dollar short. You guys know the drill. Uh, we, we can kind of fall into what I call the moly grubs where we're just kind of stuck, and, and it seems like nothing is really shifting. No matter what we do, sometimes we feel helpless, like it's just not changing. And I want you to um, go ahead and hit somebody real quick and tell them 
God is adding weight to your faith. Come on, tell them that. God is adding weight to your faith. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about over the next few minutes. God, when God adds weight to your faith. And I'm going to go ahead and just prophesy that you're not coming out of this season less than, but you're coming out of this season with the promises of God. You're not coming out of this season depressed. You're not coming out of it broke, busted, and disgusted. You're not coming out of it suicidal. You're not coming out of it in the mully grubs. You're coming out of this season on the other side, high-stepping like prime time. Come on, somebody. Like, you're going to have a little... It's first Wednesday. I can just, like, throw out the script, can I? But I believe you're going to come out on the other side and look back at this season and and you're going to be able to look back into it with a little hindsight and you're going to be able to say that was really difficult and I didn't think I would ever push through. But you're going to notice on the other side that God has, has added some weight to your faith. Some weight to your faith. 2 Kings chapter number 7 is where I want to read. Starting in verse number 1. It says, Elisha replied, listen to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says, and I I don't know who this is for. By this time tomorrow. I still believe in the suddenly of God. I I still believe that within 24 hours, your life can look different. I, I believe, I know it's crazy faith, but I, I'm the kind of guy, I believe that, that by this time tomorrow, you could have a different perspective. That the weight, the heaviness, the depression could be broken off. That the mindset, that it'll always be this way. You, you can shift that to, being a, to, to saying to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. How many know it can shift in a day? It can shift in a moment. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only a piece of silver. And 12 quarts of barley grain will will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, watch this, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows, windows of heaven. Now, how many, now we, we can be very judgmental of this guy. But how often do we sit in a service like this and the preacher says, by this time tomorrow, and he's like, he don't know what I'm going through. He don't know what I've been facing. And so he began to question it. This couldn't happen even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, you will see it happen with your own eyes. But watch this. But you won't be able to eat any of it. It is possible for the prophetic word to be accurate and people receive it and you miss it. It's possible. He said, you're going to see it, but you're not going to eat it. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. They said, why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked this to one another. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, there was no one there. 
For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. Now, you got to notice that's not what was happening. That's what God caused them to hear. Oh, I can't get there. I, I, I can't finish now. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us. They cried to one another, so they panicked, ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. I love this. They went in and ate everything that belonged to the enemy and the clothes, they, they hid it. They said, this is mine. How many know that, the, that God can cause the enemy to give you not only back what belongs to you, but God will cause the enemy to give it back in such a way you won't even be able to hide it. Listen, you can't hide the blessing. People may not like it. They may talk about you. They may criticize you. But when God decides to bless you, I don't care what people say. The blessing is on you. Now, let's dive into this because um, when you read 2 Kings 7, what we just read, um, you have to kind of take it in context with 2 Kings chapter 6, the, the preceding chapter. There's a lot of events that lead up to what we just read about. But I believe that there's some revelation, some things that we can grasp from the three stories in 2 Kings 6 leading up to what we just read about in 2 Kings 7. But if you were to look, and for sake of time, because I told you I was going to try to be done in 30, 35, 35, 45, 55, 65 minutes. I'm kidding. About 30 minutes. I'm not going to go and read all that to you, but I want to give you the three stories and at the end kind of pick up what we just read. Is that all right? Um, and so the three stories are, the first part of 2 Kings 6, it's about the sons of the prophets. And when you read about them, uh, it's, the, it's the chapter right before what we just read, there were young men who were being raised up in ministry. And they dedicated themselves to learning about the ministry. And they were determined that um, because of the expansion of the ministry, they needed some larger spaces to be able um, to do that, to learn. And so they had an idea or a vision to build something bigger to house what God was doing. And the scripture tells us that one man was out, this is 2 Kings 6, and he is chopping a tree because they're looking to build. And the Bible tells us there that as he's chopping the tree, that the axe head fell into the water. Now, um, it's not only problematic because now I don't have a way to chop the tree down, but the Bible specifies that the axe was a borrowed axe. It wasn't even his axe. It was someone else's axe. And so the axe head fell off into the water. And, and I just believe that the axe and the axe head itself is symbolic of the cutting edge of effectiveness over your life. It speaks to us of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that removes the burden. And the cutting edge of this man's effectiveness was lost, watch this, while he was working for God. 
Have you ever gotten to a place that while you were working for God, you started questioning, do I have what it takes? Do I have the same level of effectiveness that I once had? Is my axe sharp enough to chop down all that's in front of me? And instead of going through the motions, what I love about this guy, because some of us, we are so stubborn that even if the axe head hit the water, we would just take the handle and beat the tree with a handle, saying, bless God, I'm anointed, I got this. But he had sense enough to know that I've lost the cutting edge. I've lost the thing that makes ministry easier for me. I don't have the effectiveness that I had before I lost the axe head. I'm not as efficient. How many know there are times you need to back up and ask, am I as efficient as I was? Do I see as clearly as I used to see? And, and so some of us, what I felt, felt like the Holy Spirit gave me, some of you, it's not that the axe head or the anointing fell off, it's just become dull. It's dull, which means it needs some sharpening. And sharpening always takes, oh, y'all ain't going to like this. This is download from the Holy. This ain't not even in my notes. Sharpening takes friction. If you don't have anybody rubbing you the wrong way, you're not ready for what God has for you. If you get offended if somebody rubs you the wrong way, you're not going to be sharpened for the next level. Listen, anytime God wants to take you to the next level, he's going to add a little friction to your life to help sharpen you, to sharpen your skills to take you to that next level. See, I believe it's a picture of the times when the axe head has either fallen off or become dull. Where Have you ever felt like it's taken me twice the effort to produce the same results? Anybody, is that just me? Like you, It's like I'm working double time, to produce what I used to produce with very little effort, that is an indicator that the, the anointing needs to be a focus, that your, your skills need to be sharpened, that God wants to do something significant. And listen, just preaching louder and singing faster will not build anything in your life. It's not going to sharpen anything for you. And I loved what Elisha asked the young man when he lost it. He said, where did it fall. Now this is profound. He said, he said, where did it fall? It, it seems like a simple question, but the answer is profound because it was going to be found at the same place it was lost. Some of us need to retrace our steps. What you were doing, what, what was it you were doing? Ask somebody real, real quick, ask them, say, where did it fall? Come on, that's the wrong neighbor. Ask somebody else, say, where did it fall? You gotta, sometimes you've got to retrace your steps and go back because the question then becomes, what were you doing and how were you living when you noticed that your effectiveness was missing? Elisha, the Bible says, threw a stick in the water, and the axe, y'all got to get it, the axe head resurfaced, that it, it came to the top of the water, and it reattached itself, and the work of God was completed. 
And I just hear the Holy Ghost telling me to tell somebody tonight that your anointing is about to resurface. And when it does, reach down and get a new grip on what God is placing in your hands. Move on with the call that is on your life because you can and you will be effective again. Anybody believe you're going to be effective again? Give God a praise right there. Come on, you got to get a new grip on the call. Get a, get a fresh grip on, on what God has called you to do. The second story in 2 Kings 6 was the Syrian army captured Elisha. And, uh, or they're attempting to. And the, this portion of 2 Kings 6 is interesting because it reveals a New Testament gift operating in the Old Testament. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit that is operating here. Um, the, key, the, 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 the gift is the word of knowledge is what was happening. And the king of Syria gets frustrated because it seemed like someone, Elisha, was revealing his plans before he got around to doing them. How many know God can let you know when the enemy's coming? I think we're real good at leaning in and pressing in after the enemy's attacked, but what if our, our anointing was so sharp that before the attack ever hit, we were already made aware? The king is frustrated because it's like, how does he know that? How does he know what we're going to do before we even do it? And so it, this, this was brought to the king's attention about his prophetic ability. And so he sends some soldiers and he says, I want you to go and get Elisha and bring him back because it's about time that joker get incarcerated. I'm tired of him revealing my plans before I do them. And what happened there is that they surrounded Elisha and his servant. And it's a story that we all know really, really well. Um, they surrounded them, and the servant said to Elisha, he said, we are surrounded. And he's, he's kind of flipping out a little bit. And I think Elisha could have answered, yeah, and don't let any of them get away. Like, he's relaxed. Uh, they're surrounded by the enemy, but he's not lost his cool. He stayed calm in the process. And Elisha then prays, and he asks God to do something very significant. He said, God, would you open up his eyes and let him see that those who are for us are more than those who are against us? I wonder who needs perspective tonight that God is for you, that God is with you, that the angels of God are encamped all around you, that even if the doctor's report looks bad or the relationship looks bad, there is still more for you. There are more for you than there are against you. See, the servant, he knew the truth. The truth is they're surrounded. What the servant needed was revelation. Sometimes we know the truth, but we don't have the revelation. The truth is they're surrounded. The revelation is there's more for us than against us. The truth is the doctor's report looks real bad. But the revelation is by his stripes I am healed. The truth is you're going to lose everything. The revelation is that God will provide for me because he is Jehovah Jireh. The, the, the truth is that I, I'm in a mess and I'll never get out of it. But the revelation is, is God will make a way where there is no way. Come on, somebody. It's not, we don't deny the truth, but we don't live by whatever the facts are. The reality is we live by the revelation that God has given us. And revelation always supersedes your reality. 
That's why you got to know some stuff in here that out here it don't look like that. Anybody ever had like you knew you had a word from God but nothing around you looked like it? Like I know I've heard from him but this, this looks like a little cray-cray. This isn't lining up with what's in here. But, but we stand on that revelation. We stand on that word. Hit somebody and tell them he's halfway done. Told you, I'm getting there. I'm going I'm to be, I'm gonna try to honor this time. All right? The eyes of the Syrians were then blinded, and they were led to Samaria where they were fed and released. But right after this, the city of Samaria was besieged. And it was a, the king, his name was Ben-Hadad. He ordered his army to surround Samaria, and by doing so, he shut off all the import and all the export to this city. And that's how the enemy works. And I, I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you with this part of the story. Because that's the age-old plot of Satan he, against the people of God. It's a strategy. Watch this. They cut off all imports, all exports. In other words, the enemy's plot was to make you feel contained. His plot was to make you feel boxed in. That no matter where I turn, there's, there's no way out, there's no escape, there's no blessing coming in. We're just stuck. We are contained. We are trapped. And, and I believe that many of you feel in this season somewhat contained. You feel like there is a lid of limitation and that your effectiveness has been stifled. And, and you're pushing harder for smaller results. And the enemy loves to employ that strategy of containment where people feel like we are boxed in. And it's usually accompanied by feelings of fear and doubt and, and frustration accompanying it, accompany that, that, that mindset. But it says, the, the Bible says, it, they besieged the city. The word besieged means overwhelmed, surrounded, and harassed. Overwhelmed, surrounded, and harassed. Now this particular famine happened in Samaria because Ben-Hadad, this king, he, he besieged Samaria. And Hadad, Ben-Hadad, Hadad means fierce. Everybody say fierce. And Ben, the first part of his name, means son of. So his name put together literally means the son of fierceness. And I believe that there is a fierceness in the, in the spiritual realm and in the battleground right now. The spirit that has been unleashed against the body of Christ and the people of God, watch this, it's not a passive spirit. It's a fierce spirit. It's bold, it's brazen, it, it, it's, it's fierce, it's not passive, which means that the church cannot respond with a passive response. I know we're trying to be kind and cool and love everybody, but I'm telling you, 
When this spirit is attacking and you feel besieged, you can't sit there with your arms folded and your legs crossed and say, whatever's going to be is going to be. No, you've been anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and with that anointing comes a boldness. I, I need somebody to hear. There is a boldness attached to the anointing. All throughout the book of Acts, it says they were anointed with the Holy Ghost and became bold. Bold. We cannot be passive. We cannot sit back when, when, the, when we feel besieged or contained or trapped or boxed in. There is something about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm a whole lot more bold when I'm in my calling than when I'm at the house on the recliner. But I have learned in this season... The same anointing that I preach with, I better take it into Walmart. Somebody hear me. I better take it down the road. I better take it into this meeting. I better take it into that atmosphere. Why? Because some of the spirits that have been unleashed against the body of Christ are coming to take your head off, and you can't sit there and play church with it. you got to rise in the power of the Holy Ghost and be who God has called you to be. God's looking for a people that have a voice in this generation. He's looking for somebody that will tap into the calling and the destiny that God has put on the inside of you. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is on the inside of you. Don't allow the enemy to intimidate you and back you into a corner. I say rise, be bold, preach the gospel, worship with all your heart, speak the truth, love people. Come on, somebody. We got to be bold about it. Watch this. I'm getting there. I may have taken two more minutes there. Some of this is not in my notes. But when, when the Syrian army besieged Samaria, three things happened. I've taught this, but it's been years ago, this part of it. Three things happened in that dry place. The Bible says that they began, the people of the city, they began to eat donkey's head, dove's dung, and boil their sons and eat them. This is your Bible. The famine was so severe, they started eating donkey's head, dove's waste, and the next generation. I want you to get this. Donkeys are stubborn. I'm not going to take time to teach you all this. It's, it means that when you stay in a dry place too, wrong, too long, you become rebellious. You buck against every time authorities, you buck. When you've been in a dry place, you start bucking things. You become rebellious and stubborn. You're going you're gonna to kick against it. Second thing is, is they ate dove's dung. What is that? They're living on the past move of the Holy Spirit. The dove's dung represents where the dove used to be. So you get some people, well, the church just isn't what it was. It's not what it used to be. No, honey, you, you just, you're still caught on where the dove used to be. I'm going to take this word on the road because I know church folk. 
And it doesn't matter what era you come from, even the new church with lights and smoke, people can get married to a season. They can get married to what God did in 17 and 18. But if I've learned anything about God, is that if you, the moment you become rigid and you're not flexible and you're not fluid, you will miss what God is doing in the now. I refuse to feast on what the Holy Ghost did. I'm ready to eat on what the Holy Ghost is doing. The last thing is, see what happens when you're in the dry place too long is you start sacrificing the next generation. And basically what you're doing is you're saying, we don't have a future. We don't want a future. All because you've been in a dry place too long. In those spiritual famine type seasons, you got to be very careful not to become rebellious. Not to become married to a season where you like church. At the end of the day, if you're already saved, you don't have to like it. See, I, that just went right over some people's head. I didn't know we were building it for people that are already saved. I thought we were here to reach people far from God. I, I thought we were. So when did all of our preferences and our desires and what song we want to hear and how we want something done, when did that become so important? Woo! Mm-mm-mm. I'm feeling this thing. Look at what happens in 2 Kings 6, verses 31 and 32. It says, May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day. The king said, I'm taking his head off. And you can't look at that just practically. The indication is, I'm going to take his head off. I'm, I'm coming after the authority. Headship in Scripture is always authority. I'm going to come and take the head off of it. Because if I can take the head off of it, then I've gotten it. You know it's a fierce spirit when it comes after. Listen, if you're in leadership here at Bethesda Church, the staff already knows this because they've gone to battle with me and they know. If you're in leadership here, you've been under attack. You've had people come at you. You've had the devil come after your family. You've had the devil come after your kids. Why? Because the enemy always attacks the leadership before he attacks anybody else. If you're not praying for the leadership of this house, you have missed God. You ought to be praying and trusting God there. But the Bible says in the next verse, it says, Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent a messenger to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, a murderer has sent a man to cut off my head. When he arrived, shut the door and keep him out. I can't preach that tonight. That's another time. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. Elisha sitting in the house with the elders, and he had a word from God. And listen, what we read with the four leprous men, they didn't even hear the prophetic word Elisha spoke, but when he spoke, it released something that set them free. Listen, when, when, when a prophetic word goes forth from, from a church that has been assigned to impact a region, listen, there are people who are, have never come through those doors yet that when we release the word and we pray the word in, even though they've never heard it, they're going to be impacted by it. How many know that 
Time and space does not constrain God. Now watch this. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Now, Elisha had a word. And the Samaritan king acknowledged in this text, he, he acknowledged an empty barn floor and, broken, and a broken wine press. And it speaks of there being a famine of God's word. And watch this, a famine of the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I've come in here three Tuesday nights in a row for prayer. And every time I come in for prayer, the Holy Spirit gives me Psalm 45, 7. The staff can tell you. I, keep, I come out for Psalm 45, 7. I've read it 29,000 times. God help me. Psalm 45, 7. Over and over. Every time I come in to prayer, Psalm 45, 7. It says, you love justice and hate evil. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Now, I had to do a little research because I didn't really know, like, God, are you, are you telling that to me individually? Like, do I need to study the Hebrew and the Greek? Like, I've got my Dake Bible out. Y'all know that thing's massive. Like, there's so much, like, I've read all this stuff on it. And at the end of the day, this scripture was a, a, a verse that was written about Jesus. This is a prophetic word about the Son of God. That he would be anointed. How many of Jesus was anointed more than anyone else? And that the oil of joy, well, the oil of joy was on him more than on anyone else. And I believe it's a prophetic picture that the anointing, listen, in the kingdom, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, this season for many has been marked by a lack of joy. And, and I, Pastor Jay asked me today, are you going to break down Psalm 45? I'm like, I'm not breaking it down. I'm supposed to release it. God wants to release Psalm 45.7 over this house. He wants to pour out, not only on this house, but on your house, the oil of joy. That spirit of heaviness has to be broken in the name of Jesus. That, those depressing thoughts got to be broken in the name of Jesus. God wants to release the oil of joy. If you believe that, give God a hand clap right there. The oil of joy. Listen, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We've had 16 students filled with the Holy Spirit over the last couple of weeks. I'm telling you, some of us need to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and some of us, hear me, we need to get refilled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, we don't need no learned tongue. You need a new tongue. That went right over some of you's head right there. Now, watch this. I'm, I'm summing it up. Through all of that, Elisha has a word, and it's a thus saith the Lord kind of word, a heavy word. Chaos is breaking out everywhere. I mean, they're eating donkey's head, dove's dung, eating the next generation. They're trying to cut his head off, and in the middle of it, he says, by this time tomorrow. Now, how many know he's a bold dude? I mean, it's one thing to hear it, Kind of know God said that, but how many know in the middle of that much mess to stand and tell a nation by this time tomorrow? He knew something, and he was bold enough to say it. 
Hit your neighbor and tell them, you got to say something. you got to say something. See, the words moved people, these words by this time tomorrow, moved the people from their current crisis to a future hope. And it doesn't take a lot of words. It just takes the right ones. All it takes is one word to push you through every barrier. One word from God can break the spirit of heaviness. One word from God can break depression. One word from God can bring the promises of God into your life. We do not deny the reality of what we're going through, but we're not going to die on the hill of our reality. If we're going to die on the hill of anything, let's die on the hill of what God has spoken. Let's die on that hill. As the worship team comes, y'all go ahead and get in place. That'll help me quit. I gotta, I'm going to give them just a second to get in place. I really want you to get this last part. The reason I'm trying to preach a little shorter is because I want, I want to leave a little room tonight for the Holy Spirit to seal the word. I want, I, I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to do something significant in your life tonight. And so he releases this word, and the famine is broken. It's broken. And the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter number 7, the Bible says there that, it's the very next chapter, these four leprous men made a decision. And they, they were contemplating, do we, do we stay here where we are and die, or do we just allow, do, do we starve here or do we allow the enemy to take us out? That's kind of where they were. That's, that's the pickle they were in. And they came to the conclusion of faith and they asked, why are we sitting here until we die? In other words, as long as we stay in that place of containment, that boxed in place, where we just settle or do we move? And I think a lot of people have, you've been trying to take a step, but as you take a step, you, you kind of come back to your box. You take another step and you come back to your box because the enemy, he doesn't want you to come out of that containment. How I many of the enemy doesn't want the church to really break free? He doesn't want the church to really rise up in boldness. And if, if, if I were to illustrate what happened, the moment they started walking, they made the decision, we're going to move forward. That God calls the enemy to hear chariots and horses and all of this stuff. Mike, you got any bass on that drum over there? You got some bass? Oh, yeah, he's got some. Watch this. So, why sit here until we die? Hold just a second. When I take a step, you hit it. Why sit here until we die? I'm not staying in this place. Why sit here until we die? So they took a... And that's what the enemy heard. Y'all ain't feeling me right now. You ain't feeling me right now. Every time that, I, that the enemy wants to box me in, get ready, Mike. Every time he wants to keep me contained, 
and keep me frustrated if I'll keep worshiping. Oh my God, I'm about to dance. If I'll keep praising through the frustration, if I'll keep worshiping through the pain, through the depression, through the financial situation. Come on, somebody, if you believe what I'm saying right now, he will cause the enemy. God will turn the volume up on your enemies and confuse him. Give your God a shout right now. Everybody up, everybody up, everybody up. Now, can y'all give me like three minutes? I have to give you this. Because some of you right now, your faith's ready to bust out. You're like, man, I got it. If I can just speak the word, keep stepping, God's going to cause my devil to hear Mike's drum beat over there. It's going to send him in, into confusion. But some of you are here, and the truth is, you're, you're saying to yourself, I just don't see where God's moving. You're, you're thinking, I just don't see it, Pastor. It's not happening. God's not really moving for me. I, I don't see it in my life. I'm going to give you a little story, but before I do, I don't want you to confuse God's silence with inactivity. Nothing in the kingdom just happens. Throw this picture up on the wall. There it is. This is a painting. It's called Checkmate. Everybody say Checkmate. This painting was in the Louvre, and it's a painting of the devil playing chess with a man. And it's called Checkmate because the devil has defeated the man, and it's not so much about the chessboard as it is the man is has lost in life. He feels defeated. He feels desperation, and he's just basically hanging out like this, like I've lost. Well, this painting is a very popular painting, and it was in the Louvre Museum. And there was a tour going through the Louvre one day, and several people are part of the tour, and they're looking at all the paintings, and they happen to come across the Checkmate painting. And the tour guide's explaining to everyone, it's the devil, chessboard, the guy's lost in life, and he's just desperate and defeated. That's why it's called Checkmate. And so the tour guide tells them the story, and, and, and it, the, everybody in the tour, they, they move on. They go on to the next painting. They go on to see other things. But there was one guy there that did not leave the painting. He stayed right with it. He kept observing it. And the tour guide, finally, after several minutes had gone by, he came back and he said, why are you staying at this painting? Like, we're, we've been on to some other things. Why are you staring? Why are you observing this painting? And, and, and what they didn't know, he was the world champion chess player. The world champion chess player. And he said, well, Mr. Tour Guide, you don't know this, but I, I'm the world champ at chess. Like, my whole life is about chess. This is what I do. I spend my life. And as I observed the painting, I, I couldn't help but notice a couple things. And he said, they're either going to have to change the name of the painting or they're going to have to redo the painting. And the tour guide said, well, why would they do that? He said, well, as a world champion chess player, when I'm looking at it, I see things that the normal person can't see. 
And when he looked at the painting, he told the tour guide, he said, they got to change the name or change the painting because the king has one more move. Oh, my God. The king has one more move. I came to announce to Bethesda Church that the king has one more move. One more move in your marriage. One more move in your finances. One more move in your kids. One more move. Anybody believe that God, your king, still has one more move? Come on, give him a shout in this place. Still got one more move. Now, I don't know how this is going to roll, but I feel like I am supposed to pray for people. And I don't always feel like that. You, you guys know that. But I do feel like there is an anointing in the house to break off heaviness. Some of you, you're functioning and you're getting through and you're anointed and all that's true. But if you're being real honest, you just feel, even while doing the good things, it just doesn't feel as light as it should. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is in this place tonight to break off the spirit of heaviness, to break off feelings of depression. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here tonight to baptize some people in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. And that's where your joy is going to come from. So here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to come down to the floor, and I want some people to help me. I'm going to turn the worship team loose and just let them do what they do. But if you feel like I have been preaching to you, and you say, Pastor, I just need my axe sharpened. I, I, I know I'm anointed. I know I'm effective. But I, there's just been a lid, and I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to break through the lid. If you feel like that is you tonight, I don't want you to sit there and act like you don't need anything. I want you to get out of your seat and go ahead and make your way up to this altar, just a, about two to three feet away from this platform to give me room to come by because I'm going to be praying for you. But if that word is for you, I want you to move now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, move now and start. If the staff and prayer team will just help me line them up in, a, in an orderly way, in an orderly way. You guys got it now. Roll with it. Come on. Come on, one more time. Give your God a praise right now. Come on. The rest of us, if you didn't respond, I want you to worship. I want you to worship.
Shine in the shadow 
not getting it. When our praise goes up, the enemy. When my voice sings hallelujah. When I shout your name, Jesus. When I shout your name, Jesus. When I shout your name, Jesus. When I shout your name. When I shout your name. Hold the chains, break the chains. 
battle belongs to Come on, sing that out. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, Stay right there, Erica. Stay in that for just a moment. Pastor Josh, come here. I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your hands. tonight we release a new anointing for a new season in Jesus name lift your hands Pastor Jay lift your hands Father we thank you that the oil of joy we thank you that the oil of joy is coming on your people God God, that there will not be a heaviness in this next season. And God, it won't be twice the work for minimal results. But God, we're going to see the fruit of our labor in a way like we have never seen before, God. That as we put our hand to the plow, God, Lord, we may only do one row, God, but God, you're going to multiply it. I speak a spirit of acceleration in this season. Come on, church. Give God praise right now. Oh, you can do better than that. The oil of joy is being released over this house. I say the spirit of revival is coming to this house. The spirit of revival is coming to our region. Come on, give your God a praise like it's already happened. Come on, give him a praise like it's already happened. Come on. Our region needs Jesus. Come on, they don't need religion. They don't need another good Sunday service. They need the power of the Holy Ghost to come into their lives. Come on, somebody and do something that they cannot do themselves. Pastor Jason, let's pray for you. Pastor Jason, give me a couple people over here. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the anointing on the house. I thank you for, God, the gifts and the talents that you are, God, putting around this house and in this house, God. 
And God, we just pray, God, that every gift that's been deposited on the inside of him, gifts that are deep within that he's not even tapped into yet, God, Lord, we call them forth tonight in the name of Jesus. God, we pray, God, that they would come forth in the name of Jesus. And God, we release the oil of joy over him, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Give God a praise right now. Come on. Give him a praise in the house. In Jesus' name. My wife just got here from the Suns game. PK, would you come and allow me to pray for you? Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this season. season. I thank you for every gift that you have put on the inside of her. Gifts, God, that she hasn't even fully realized up to this point, God. And God, we call them forth in the name of Jesus. But God, we don't call them forth, God, just just to call them forth. But God, we call them forth because of the lives that will be impacted. We call them forth, God, in the spirit God of boldness in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray, God, that as these gifts come forward, God, in in my wife, God, I pray, God, that they would be accompanied by the oil of joy. And I declare healing and health from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet now in Jesus' name. A new anointing for a new season. In the name of Jesus, eyes of a mother spiritually in Jesus' name to see the plots and the schemes of the enemy before they even happen and an awareness to be able to to rally the troops to pray, to build a hedge so that the plots and the schemes of the enemy never touch the house in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Give God a praise right now. Give God a praise in this house. Listen. Before God does anything to a house, he does it to our pastor. Before blessing, outpouring, revival takes place, miracles, manifestations, anything, it starts with the head our pastors little do people know the weight that comes with something this magnificent that comes from a gift of God I hear the Holy Ghost saying the fresh oil that is going to be deposited in you that will flow through you nothing you've ever seen nothing you've ever tasted nothing you've ever experienced I call forth Father God the general anointing not just for this church not just for this region but God a general Joshua anointing God when you say take this city All pastor has to do is say, this is ours, God spoke. 
and we begin to walk with authority. God, I declare that out of his belly, Father God, wouldn't just flow rivers of living water, but Father God, an ocean of an outpouring, that Lord, the next great awakening that would hit this coast, Father God, wouldn't because of a, na- a man that's been on any platform, but God, you've developed Chad Dingus on the backside of a mountain for such a time as this, that God, in these last days, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost would come from your hand, but would come from his mouth, Father. So God, I declare right now fresh oil, fresh outpouring out of his spirit, God, out of his belly. Lord, I declare right now over Pastor Karen that God, their marriage would be stronger than ever before that God financial resources would be outpoured like never before upon their marriage, that prosperity and favor would be the adjectives and the nouns that are proclaimed over them and over their children, Father God, that everywhere their hands move, there would be blessing, that everywhere their feet move, Father God, that they would operate in that territory. So God, I declare right now that out of his belly, Father God, would flow rivers of living water that have been seen before, Father. God, I pray an impartation would move upon your child, Father. That God, you would release unto him, Father, an anointing that wouldn't just hit West Virginia, but God would hit the, would hit the East Coast. Father, that people would call and say, I don't know who you are, but I've heard about you and I've heard about what God's doing in your church. Tell me what's happening. That God, the general, I just keep hearing the word general. What you see with a staff, God sees as an army. What God's doing here isn't just going to hit here, but you're going to get a phone call from people you don't even know that says, I've just heard about you. I've got a friend of a friend that your name just keeps popping up. I've heard the story. I've seen the church, but I need to hear what God's spoken to you because what the anointing that is in this house is what's not just going to stay here, but the anointing that God's pressing in here that's pouring out here is going to be the movement of the next great awakening on this East Coast. The general inside of you. So listen, if you're not stretching your hands forth, please do so at this second. Pastor Karen's over to the side. Stretch your hands forth towards her as well. God, we just pray an outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon your children, God, upon our pastor, upon our leader. God, do something that only you can do in this place. And we speak prophetically, Father, that the souls that are saved in this church, God, because of your grace and your mercy, but through the message that is given, would not just give an eternal impact right now, but God would transform for a thousand generations. So God, we declare right now, prophetically, that a new fire and a fresh anointing would come upon him in the name of Jesus. Every time they posted, every time they talked, they're going to have to pay tenfold for it. And as they pay tenfold, you're going to reap a hundredfold. Every time they talked about you in quiet, every time they mentioned your name and there was a curse attached to it, God said, they can't curse what I've blessed, Chad. So don't worry about it. They're going to pay a hundredfold, but you're going to reap a thousandfold. And every time they say something negative, just let them talk. 
because I've already got it. I'm the one that owns the cattle on the thousand and the hills. And don't worry about what they're saying. You just keep speaking prophetically. Every time they try to start saying your name and slandering your children and saying you don't know what they've been through, you don't know what happened, God's just going to say, shut up, don't touch mine anointed because I'll bring a curse on your house. I speak a blessing and an outpouring upon Chad Dingus right now. God, that a prophet would be released, that a general would be released. Father God, he walks in the room. The Shekinah glory would fall off of him, Father God, just as the glory. So God, I declare right now, every time they tried to curse, God would say, I'd bless tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. In the name of Jesus, receive it in the name of Jesus. Give God some praise. God praise right now. One more time. Pastor Jeremy, where are you? Pastor Jeremy, come here. Just lift your hands. God is imparting some special things tonight. And God, we release this anointing on him and his family. God, we thank you, God, that you have brought him home. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a settling, just a settling in their hearts. God, it's not even so much about geographical, God. It's it's just about a settling in their spirit, a calmness in their spirit, a knowing in their spirit. And God, I pray, Father, that as you do this, God, that there would be contentment. God, we know that there is something about contentment that brings great gain. Your word declares that to us. And God, I pray, God, in this next season, I pray there would be a sense of fulfillment over this home. And not just a sense of fulfillment, but God, a, a sense of of, of that fulfillment and contentment, but God, let it be accompanied tonight by the oil of joy in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We release the oil of joy. That's so precious, your oil, God, the oil of the Holy Spirit that brings healing and peace and joy. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Pastor Charles, Pastor Charles, Father, I thank you for the anointing that's on him and in him. And God, we thank you, God, that you have stirred up, God, some old wells, God, as it relates to healing and deliverance. And surely Bethesda Church is a place of healing. It's a place of deliverance. It's a place, God, where things that have held people in bondage, whether that be sickness, disease, poverty, addiction. God, you have raised up this church, God, to be able to pull down those strongholds. And God, I pray, Father, that the anointing, God, the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden, God, we pray that it be activated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let it be activated in Jesus' name. Raise your hand, Zeke. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for Zeke. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for the heart you've given him. God, the heart you've given him to serve, to help. God, to see ministry happen, God. 
to come alongside and assist. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that that anointing only increase on his life in this season. I pray, Father, that he would grow in the grace and in the knowledge of who you are. In Jesus' name, protect his mind, protect his heart. I pray that the anointing in him, God, that it will not be tainted. In the name of Jesus, that the enemy has no access to it, God, but it is protected. It is from you, and it is holy. And God, he is set apart. I pray that you strengthen him, God, in this season, God. I pray, Father, that his, that, that his mind would stay fixed on you. And God, that you would reveal who you are to him in a powerful way. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit rests upon him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I pray that rivers of living water flow out of him. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that he, he sends you and know you in this season like never before. Let him know your nearness and your closeness, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, Bethesda Church. Let's give God a praise right now. My goodness. Father, bless this worship team right now. Let the power of the Holy Ghost hit this team like never before. God, I pray that songs come up out of them in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God, that the fire of the Holy Spirit would burn. And God, as they sing and as they worship, God, we just declare and we decree that fresh oil be released in and through them. In Jesus' name, fresh oil in the name of Jesus. Fresh oil in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost, the oil of joy be released. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the oil of joy be released. In Jesus' name, let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you that as we worship and as we sing, strongholds are brought down. The enemy has to back up. Sickness has to be healed. Addiction has to be broken. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands this way. We've got a few more people. Father, right now, God, let the power of the Holy Ghost, the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God, let it rest upon them. God, we play and we play as unto the Lord, and we play skillfully under the anointing, under the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, a fresh anointing, the oil of joy, the oil of joy in Jesus' name. God, we thank you, God, that you're bringing us into a new season, God. God, we pray that old wineskins, God, we, God, it's a new wineskin, God, for a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for Mike right now, God. I'm going to come back there, Mike. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, right now, God, I bless him. We release the oil of the, of, and the joy of the, of the Lord in Jesus' name, the oil of gladness in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing rest on him, God, as he plays skillfully unto you, God. Chains are broken. Demons back up and hell trembles in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. I know tonight's looked a whole lot different, but are you thankful that the Holy Spirit has met us here tonight? At the beginning of the message, God, I gave you when God adds weight to your faith. How many believe you're leaving here with some weight on your faith tonight? Come on, one more time, give him another hand clap. I know you're tired, but let's not give him a tired praise. Let's give him a strong praise. A strong praise. Yes, yes. Woo! I'm not going to dismiss. Y'all can fist bump, hug. We love you. Thank you for being here Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Have a great, great night. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode, and we hope you have a great day.